What's going on, everybody, and welcome to Give Me Back My Horror Movies, the podcast, final episode of the year for the channel. I am your host, Charlie, and with me, as always, Nate. Say hello to the people, Nate. Why, hello, Charlie. Ah, it's it's the end of December. We made it through 2021. If everyone's listening to this, yes. Yes, we just about did, because we are <laughs> recording this before Christmas. Um, we so are. Asteroid could hit the planet, but no one would hear this, so I think we're safe. Uh, so, yeah, this is our uh, this is the final episode for the year. Not quite the year anniversary for the podcast. That's in January. But yep. for 2021, this will be the final. What a hell of a way to go out on with aliens. Oh, yeah. So, uh, big old teeth, some big old gooiness, some slime. I, so we have, we've, we're still trying to find our footing with the show, kind of finding our niche. And I almost think we're on to something here because we're now two for two on movies neither of us had seen and kind of forgotten about. And then we end up watching it going, that was amazing. Why did I not watch this when I was younger? You know, or at least I can say that because I absolutely say that love this movie. I feel with this movie the way that my parents probably feel about me, where they're not quite disappointed, but they're also just like, why? <laughs> so that's I how know, I feel. <laughs> I know why. I, I, I totally do. But uh, we'll, we'll clue in the people that maybe didn't look at the picture, but we are doing Deadly Spawn. Uh this is a movie I happen to just pick out based on cover art when I was doing research for From Beyond. And this one popped up and I was like, I like this cover. Look at these aliens. This looks really, really good. 1983 rated R. I'm going to buy it. And I told Nate about it. And it was yeah, like, you sent it over my way. And I was like, yeah, this cover art looks great. Um, I'm definitely down for this. I think it was only like twelve or thirteen dollars. Ten bucks, something like that. It. Now, yeah. one of the cool things too is the when you watch this, it's been restored completely, and it looks great. Oh, I love especially that for how low budget this film was. Synapse <laughs> Films did the yeah. restoration. They're kind of a small company, but they're known. They did Suspiria. Yeah. They did the Blu-ray and the 4K of it. They did Demons One and Two. Um, if you've been to a horror convention, you've seen these guys with mm -hmm. their like sleazy films. I bought uh, another one from them called Street Trash that yeah. has a wonderful uh, transfer as well. But you're getting bottom of the barrel sludge schlock from them. Like just, you are when you, you are. buy from them, be cautious of uh, what you're going to be in for. There's a reason why you have not heard of some of these movies. <laughs> And and that's another thing I wanted to, I want to talk about a little bit later. But yeah, I I got this, and I never heard of Synops till I got it. But thankfully, they gave me this like one pound booklet. It feels like inside the DVD case. Oh yeah, and it gives you a good chance of their catalog. And like, if you see something that you want to purchase at a con, because I've talked to these guys before, they're like, yeah, just message us, and we'll bring it at the con. We'll bring like three or four copies. That way, you have a chance nice. to get one. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's awesome. And they did I've this in two thousand times. They did this in two thousand four. They, they did, and did the commentary one. track was from two thousand three. So, 
The commentary itself is nearly 20 years old. This movie is damn near 40 years old at this point. Thanks for making me feel old, Nate. It uh, just kind of blows my mind. <laughs> I was three years old when this movie came out. Thank, thank I you. I was not even of existence. No, no, you weren't. But, uh, no, nah, so this one, okay, I kind of thought Nate might have dug this movie a little bit more, kind of like what I did. No, but, I still uh, dig this movie. I have um, caveat. I have caveats about what I like and what I don't like. But also, this movie has a, a certain charm to it that I, I, I was I couldn't take my eyes off of this movie. I Let me just like put it like that. It needed more charm. Like it's one of those like to me, this was a movie that could have been a cult classic and was almost there. And I don't. It's. I appreciate I, I, for what they did. Like it's it's so hard. It was like one step forward, one step back with me the entire time. I don't. I don't. Know. Okay, we're we then we have plenty to talk about. We have. I want. I want to wanna know why that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as we're recording this, we haven't even made it through Christmas. So hopefully, when you guys hear this, everyone had a good Christmas. Lots of food. Got everything you wanted or didn't want, or however you wanted to celebrate it or not celebrate it. So hopefully, you're not devoured by a deadly spawn. Or if you were, kudos to you. You're one yeah. Of the you went out like a champ. I hope. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Now, uh, so let's. Uh, I say we just go ahead and hit them with this. You cannot deny this trailer, though. Oh, this trailer is perfect. Eighties. I love this trailer. I love the voice of the trailer guy in this. And this was. You we'll play it and then we'll talk about what I told Nate earlier that I feel like this movie is kind of the start of a certain thing we've brought up before in the show. So here is the trailer for the deadly spawn. What was that? First, there was the invasion of the body snatchers. Then there was Alien. There is the deadly spawn. It began with a meteor crashing to Earth. No one knew the mystery of the mutant spores it contained. Now, they are free. They will grow and reproduce rapidly, eating anything and anyone in their path. The deadly spawn. The nightmare is just beginning. Hi. What do you do when unknown terror surrounds you? What do you do when there is no escape? Nowhere to hide from being Spawn, extraterrestrial terror. They're full of surprises, and the best is yet to come. Let me go! Can anything stop these strange creatures? 
science fiction fans have been waiting for. The Deadly Spawn wants you to see them at this theater soon. They need every person they can get. New from 21st Century Distribution. Rated R. The, the science fiction movie every fan's been waiting for. Yeah, what are you? A poser, you stupid sci-fi, non-real fan, nerd, dork. <laughs> do you even sci-fi, bro? Yeah, do you even? <laughs> oh, It was like this trailer uh, guy's insulting you as you're watching it. Oh, yeah, he's like, I dare you. You know what? You're not good enough for this movie. Yeah, don't even actually, bother coming to Don't even to this go movie. into the 50 theaters that went and played this. <laughs> I think that's a stretch. I don't know. No, it, it was, was actually well, did it you got find played it? in fifty theaters. That's fun awesome. fact. This movie actually opened up the same weekend as The Evil Dead. So the directors actually got to meet, or the director got to meet Sam Raimi, and they exchanged like movie posters and stuff. And one went on to make Spider Man, and the other one went on to uh, do nothing. No, zero, nothing. Literally nothing. Everyone that's involved with this movie has not done much, except. For one Tim Hildebrandt. And Charlie, do you want to let the good people know why that name is uh, pretty big to us uh, nerds? Well, to to real sci-fi fans. Yeah, to real know, sci-fi n- fans. None of those posers. Yeah, you those, turn this podcast off, dorks. None of those poser sci-fi fans. No, Tim Hildebrandt is quite famous for his fantasy and sci-fi artwork on numerous, you know, books and movie posters one movie poster in particular which is the original 1977 star wars a new hope the classic vader in the background yeah Luke and leia up front the x-wings that are kind of swooping in to the left kind of a big deal and he's also he's uh listed on for clash of the titans in 1981 uh a lot of jrr tolkien lord of the rings artwork uh, Marvel trading cards, Magic the uh, Gathering, yep, Magic the Gathering. Um, him and his brother Greg. When you see their artwork, it's like, oh shit! I I definitely know that. And yes. they did the movie poster for this as well, which is what caught Charlie and I's eye. It, it's what so, made me want to watch this. Uh, I had no idea they were involved <laughs> when you know it was sent over. No. So that was a a cool thing to learn. And the creature itself is was made by a guy named John Dodds, who's given a story credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but even he like hasn't really done much. I think he does like play work now. Yeah, this just seemed like a project that a group of people just said, "Yeah, we can do this," and they and all it went really and did it. Was because this film yeah. was made. They think between twenty five thousand. And $32,000. And it took three years to make. Yeah. They literally shot this on the weekends. Um, Tim Hildebrandt's son is uh, the main character, the main boy. Our hero. Our hero hero. of the movie. Yes. And uh, he got cast because he was there every day. Yeah. So that's the reason why he got the role, basically. While everyone else had to fly or come in every weekend. Took him three years to get this thing made even then there was a moment where douglas mccowan the director didn't even think the movie was like ever going to see daylight until one day he's like oh they're showing my movie across the street from the deli i'm working (laughs) 
Yeah, he's working at a deli, and this is he was the director of this movie. That yeah, uh, because like the producer Ted Bohos, from what I can gather, no one's a big fan of him because he even went and made like his own sequel to this. Yeah, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah, um, but there is an official, unofficial yeah. sequel. There to seems this to movie. be some friction between Ted Bohos and the rest of like the entire crew, almost. So I could not find why. But on the commentary, it's definitely joked around about like, oh yeah, Ted did everything. Oh yeah, Ted definitely, you know, yeah, takes credit for everything. So very interesting, curious there. Yeah, um, and this this movie is, I guess, one of the reasons why it probably sh- struck me so much was I'm watching an independent film that's like Nate said, almost forty years old that. I, I just I fell in love with what they were doing, you know. As soon as it opens up, I was like, "Oh, this looks like a lost episode of Land of the Lost!" Like instantly, and I was like, "All right, cool, we're going for that '50s '60s monster feel." And they did, and so when this movie opens, we're not going to synopsize this whole movie. We're going to let Nate do his thing here in a minute. The opening scene of the farmhouse, let's say, because this movie opens with the meteor crashing. But seeing that set piece, and I'm going, is that the direction we're going with this? Because it was obviously model work. Yeah. And then you don't see that same shot again till the end, which we'll talk about when we get closer to the end of it. And I had this like, ah, I get it. I understand now why that shot had to be in there because I'm watching this whole movie still going, I don't understand that, that opening model shot of the house because we see the outside of the house. We see the inside of the house. Fun fact. This was Tim Hiddlebrandt's house. Yeah. This was his actual house. And it was also the director's Douglas house as well. So yeah. they kind of like had to go back and forth between like different basements. Cause one guy's like, yeah, I had a basement where you didn't have to duck. And you could yeah, so, I had a yeah. basement where it looked a little bit creepier. There's still the blood stains on the wall because we used too much material because we didn't yeah. know what we were doing. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's apparent, but there's also some really cool in ingenuity in this movie that and that's I, the, the charm of this is and that, like instantly three people get eaten in this movie. And I, I love it. Like uh, uh, four, four people almost get instantly yeah, eaten. Yeah, like instantly, and everyone we're introduced to gets eaten <laughs> after eating people. And I'm like, honestly, I get it. I, if I was eating that many people, I'd still probably be hungry too. Human flesh must devour. Um, yeah, it's an insatiable hunger. It's an alien. It's obviously it's you're supposed to think that it gets bigger as it eats. Yeah, people. and honestly this movie could have been an hour and 20 minutes of random people heading into the basement and being devoured. I would have watched every second of that. That movie. is kind of like as it kept going I was like, well just like keep bringing in new people like new neighbors that have to just go to the basement for some reason. Uh the police have to go in the basement, the firemen like just keep it the do 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 and they just all get devoured. Uh it is so close to already being that, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I think a total of three people actually die inside the basement after the first two get killed when the meteor lands and they try to take a picture of it. So yeah. it, this. Oh, God, I can't wait. Let's let, let, let's do our things, though, first. So we've talked yes. a little bit about budget. We've talked a little bit about the director. 
go ahead and hit us with our the trailer kind of set everything up for us that that's all we needed to know was the trailer but everyone wants it let's give them what the people pay for which they don't pay is nate's three sentence synopsis there's not a thing you can do about them their arrival could very well mean our extinction they have no intention on phoning home i love it i love it i love the little we've now added et into their promo trailer of every yeah. other alien movie yeah. they could name Just trying to think of any alien movie they weren't naming <laughs> and that, that that's kind of my thing is i i watched the trailer as we were getting ready for the show and i was like man this is like the walmart knockoff dvds before that was a thing it's like let's try to ride the coattails of every of popular thing. movie <laughs> yeah oh there is a complete thing uh, the, where i feel like it's a total throwback to the thing at the end of this um well, that's the thing too it's like this technically beat the thing because they started filming in 1980 it didn't get released until yeah. 83 it just took forever like the main hero he was a i think it was 11 12 and 13 when filming it and it makes sense <laughs> you can almost see that and yeah there's definitely parts in the movie where they're like Oh, now he's 13. Now he's back to 11. You could tell like he's slightly aged just a little, but yeah. it's just funny to see it. And I like his name was Charles. So, you know, yeah. I had a, I had a special connection. Uh, there you go. You know, that, that made me happy about that. But this movie, okay. I, this is really hard to get kind of started on talking about because this, not everyone knows about this movie. I didn't know about this movie because I've never seen that, vhs cover i no, never i never I've saw never. this at the rental stores and there's a pretty big reason why it didn't get a uh vhs release oh it didn't get a, re- a vhs it release. never got a vhs release so basically this movie was like rediscovered and then um i do think some of the producers and stuff were had a hand with synapse and getting it transferred over but so it went it, from film to dvd basically that's why well, we don't remember this movie well, that that really does explain it because I have a feeling I would have rented this movie based on on the, the cover, cover art. And I mean, the cover art is fantastic. So if you if you follow the group or Instagram, we'll obviously have it up already where yeah. everyone's seen it. But the film uh, was shot on sixteen millimeter film. Everyone worked on this movie for free, and well, when they yeah. did show it in theaters, it was thirty five millimeter widescreen enhanced. So mm-hmm. back in the day, what that would do then is you would take the very square looking film that 16 millimeter does, and you, when you stretch it, it's going to give that funky look. But you're yeah. also going to see the stuff that you're not supposed to see, um, mainly mean like the puppeteer's hands on the monsters and stuff like that. This restoration goes back to the 16 millimeter, and it's the perfect square where yeah. your uh, widescreen isn't top to bottom; it's left to right. And I love that. I, I knew that's what it was when I was watching the DVD. I was like, this this feels like an old school yeah. monster movie. And we'll definitely have to share the trailer in the actual group, which we have not done before, only because no, there's so trailer. much graininess to the trailer that when you watch it, it's like as if you threw in a VCR, like a VHS onto well, your TV. the one I ripped the uh, audio from on YouTube is actually in HD. Oh, okay. So the one on the DVD ha- is straight up old school, faded well, still, picture, lines, it, you name it. It still I thought has I had to hit the, tracking on my Xbox controller. 
<laughs> it still has like the graininess to to it, but it's cleaner. You'll have to watch it later, and we'll try and put that up on the yeah. group. We will start putting those up though. That's that's not a bad we idea. Should honestly, start putting the trailers yeah. up, especially Look at if us. it's we're trailer. thinking while we're recording. That's right, especially if it's trailer that has zero audio whatsoever. You know, yeah. that plays off so well. Yeah. It so does. no, this movie almost feels like a love letter to older monster movies and it really kind of even does that as the movie progresses there's so many little things they do that remind you of the older like tarantula or the thing from beyond and all these type of old 50s and 60s monster movies that a certain podcast we're friends with absolutely love yeah i feel like a certain podcast would know a lot and would give you a lot of information and history about these monsters yeah so uh what caught my eye immediately was we get a scene with charlie in his room and they call him charles but i'm calling him charlie because that's me and he is watching a monster movie on television it's super super loud well i i immediately see an original godzilla toy with a fist that launch and everything else out of it. He had a Gorn from Star Trek mask on his dresser next to his bed. Uh, original King Kong poster. The uh, the Spider movie poster. Green Slime and Frankenstein. And there were a ton more posters that I couldn't even make out. Or I'm sure if someone that knows them like Sludge or Ruben from Monster Movie stomp down they would be like oh yeah that's that movie or that, oh, that's this one i know that, what that this one would is, be 100%. easter egg candy for them this is easter eggs before easter eggs was a thing and i like that i really yeah. do the kills though all the kills for <sighs> such a low budget and like the deadly spawn itself mother spawn weighed like 120 pounds yeah and it's like cardboard uh tubing rubber cement mm-hmm. and it looks really cool it really does for practical, actual built prop with real puppeteers, not professionally trained puppeteers, mind no, these you. Are, this no is, one is professionally trained no. in this movie. <laughs> Everyone, this is this is like um, guerrilla style filmmaking, where they just went, "How can we make this look cool?" And they just tried things. It works so well for me. There was shots where, like, the cinematographer's like, nah, you can't make that shot happen. And the director's like, all right, well, I'll just man the camera and I'll do it. Yeah. Like, that's but, what they were doing. Like, all right, well, we're just going to try it. Let's see. So I watched, Nate watched the commentary, and I found a YouTube video of behind-the-scenes footage with no audio because, obviously, they were just filming with, the film camera that didn't also collect audio as they were going. So it's just all these little silent movie shots and it digs into the special effects a little bit more. And I don't know if you even saw it or heard about it on. No, the I didn't even know about that one. So, and to stay on kind of our niche brand that we're doing where we want to highlight the special effects, the people that are behind the camera, behind the scenes, making all of this ooey gooeyness goodness making these monsters come alive yeah so they we have so if anyone's ever seen the movie slither that james gunn did with the slugs that run around you know infest infesting people's bodies 
the little critters kind of look like that. Well, they have scenes where they're moving and they're kind of serpentining through the water. They're very or, like tadpole slash tadpole phallic, like little very weird, creepy, phallic. lots of and teeth. So they had cut S-shaped grooves in the flooring or in something that they were filming on. So as they pulled the wire, the wire is moving in that serpentine movement and the little thing is just tadpoling its way across the floor or in the water. There's a shot where it looks like they're they're coming through blood. They have a baking pan, a large baking pan, sitting on a table filled with just enough blood and they're pulling the little things across with the camera right on it for that close-up. So it's like, okay, they didn't flood an entire section no. for this one and shot. And there's another scene with uh, a lot of blood in the basement where they, they did it in like a little kiddie pool as well. They did it in kiddie pool. There's the one shot of uh, the mother creature at the bottom. They have a lot of plastic down. And, you know, the basement's flooded. The whole movie, it's been raining, this torrential rainstorm obviously, so we can get wetness, which also is a way to hide things in the movie you don't want people to see. So I was like, creativity, I dig yeah. it. Put it into the story. I totally dig it. I love it. And they, in the, in this, the steals, steals, stills, country accent coming out hard right <laughs> there, guys. Damn Virginia. I don't know. Moonshine steals. Um, <laughs> They were showing some of the behind the scenes, like with the face that gets ripped off, the mom's face. Yeah, where it was monster a... flesh tear, which is going to be the name of my next death metal band. Oh, so... And then we're going to have a chant, and it's going to be chomp, chomp, chomp. It's so good, and they had sh- they're they're showing all these little like fishing string coming off of the prosthetic on her face, going through the monster's mouth. Yeah, And so as they get closer, someone's pulling her skin off as the monster's biting down. That shot alone, I was just like, holy shit. I love it. There is like muscle underneath too. Like it's really impressive with what they did. And like instead of doing what other movies would do, which is just completely cut away and hear the scream, like they zoom in on the flesh getting ripped. Which I'll give them. I'll give them this. That's how this movie starts. So you're not a hundred percent sure how how much gore you're going to get in this movie. Yeah, because that could have been like, oh well, there went all the budget. Yeah. So the first two campers, when they find the meteor, the first one we don't we see a little bit of blood splatter and his glasses on the ground, and then the guy in the tent, the creature gets inside there, and all we hear is rustling around. And then a bloody hand and arm come yeah. out of the tent and grab the tree branch. Um, that That's all we see. So I'm like, okay, you haven't lost me yet. I'm still paying attention. The dad goes down into the basement and he does, we're not revealed to the creature yet. And he, you get that like almost kind of evil deadish look, even though they were done at the same time of him being shocked and taken aback and, being grabbed and drug across the wet ground and some blood splatter. So yeah, it kind of real... like keeps it close at first. It's very and close to the, the chest. Fourth kill. It's like, Oh, now we're, we're on. 
they were like <laughs> it is on because she's down in this basement it's dark as hell there's blood splatter on the light bulb downstairs she's it's so dark and wet she doesn't realize a lot of this is blood or anything that's on the ground and we don't she, even have the tiny like tadpoles yeah there's, just no, yet. there's no spawn this is just yet. mother spawn and she turns around and the husband's hand lands on her shoulder like it's me and she's all it's like Jurassic relieved Park. yeah it is straight up samuel l jackson's hand falling onto the shoulder yeah that and is she, exactly what this scene was she turns around and the arm is coming out of the mouth of the mother spawn and i'm like yes <laughs> and you see the spawn for the first time too. And you're like, Oh my God, I love this. And then it rips her face off. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm in, yeah. I, I don't care where this movie goes. I am in, I'm, I'm there. And then the movie slows back down. It does. And, and it, it has a weird tonal of let's accelerate. Let's slow down. Let's accelerate. Yeah. Let's slow down. And a lot of that is because, uh, two reasons. A, they didn't have a shooting script, so they were kind of just shooting on the fly on the weekend when they could. And B, there really wasn't a script anyway. Um, they kind of had a story and just said, we'll, we'll write lines as we go, which is kind of one of my biggest complaints is, I, I mean, until looking up that the kid's name was Charlie, I had no idea. I didn't know who anyone was in this movie. Like, really? Yeah, like I was just yeah, the whole sh- time. The brother screams his name at the end. Like, did, have you seen Charles? Did you hear Charles? I did, just felt like maybe I should have watched it with subtitles on at some point. Like, so I will say as much as Synops did everything they could as far as visually, the audio, yeah, they worked with like, what I they had. Like the audio itself, they're probably just like, yeah, we'll kind of phone parts of this in because we don't really care about the story, which you're not watching this for the story, but it's just, no, it's hard to stay invested when the monster's not on the screen for me i'll give you that i was more like i was kind of to the point where i was not expecting what you would normally expect when a monster should jump out in a movie so i'm after how that opened with so many varying ways of doing a monster movie i was kind of like what are they going to do next well i do love that Instead of like hiding the monster, they're like, well, hell, we built this damn thing. Let's use him. <laughs> Let's show it. Let's show the 20 other little ones that we have running around yeah. that they infest the once. house. Oh, Instead when it like, starts. We'll just use one. We only built one, but we're going to, you know, use clever camera tricks to make it look like there's 20. It's like, no, there's moments where there's like 30 of them on the walls, on the ground, biting people. This movie really. Like, there's no way James Gunn didn't watch this before doing Slither. There's oh, yeah. no Especially way. Especially because you know, this was made in New Jersey. Yeah. Troma being New Jersey, James Gunn originating from Troma, I guarantee he saw this. Guarantee. And again, it. I'm, I'm going to say this again. Troma, I feel like you're dropping the ball on a lot of movies. Why did you not pick up this movie? This had Troma. This actually had a little bit better than trauma on certain things in my opinion oh yeah i was because eating, it, watching it the alien autopsy which is my sci-fi metal band but <laughs> i highly recommend do not eat while watching the alien autopsy scene because it's gross so yeah that was one of the things i wanted to talk about was so they they the the, uh, the teenagers we get teenagers in this movie 
they are science majors. One's more into like uh, astronomy and stuff like that, and the uh, the girl is obviously biology. Well, they find one of these spawn laying out in the road dead. They don't know what it is. They're like, is it an eel? Is it a tadpole? Whatever. So they dissect this thing in the sink. So they've made a prop that could be cut open, and then there's inside guts. And they purposely made it to where there's nothing that you can recognize inside of it because they were thinking, well, it's an alien. You're not supposed to recognize like uh, an oyster or something like that. No. So, and there's like three layers to this dissect. And they're using just a tiny razor blade to cut it open. And here's, here's one of the cool things I saw in the no sound behind the scenes. So she is holding that little razor blade from, you know, a straight razor. They have a tiny little tube. Yeah. That is they have like a Tom to the, Salvini tube. Yeah. To pump the blood to the like back. out. Well, it's not even blood. It was uh, slime because there's no blood in these things. Was that one slime? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because I watched yeah. the it's clear. So and there's another reason I know there's no blood in this thing. And we'll get to that part in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Nate's already like, damn it, man. I'm going to see dinner from last night, but it had this little, this little tube that went uh, beside her arm taped and it's a legit razor. So she's actually holding a real razor and it's just taped to the edge. So as she pulled it, somebody's running like a syringe. And as she pulls the razor blade through, there's this like clear goo coming out from the incision. And I'm like, that's brilliant. That is in the trenches. special effects right there that's definitely for the real sci-fi fans out there yeah you posers are like yeah you appreciate that yeah posers we're poser (laughs) podcasters that's what we are there's (laughs) also a great scene because i feel like half the movie charlie is in the basement oh he he is down there and i don't even remember why but there was an electrician to to go down there he went down to scare the electrician. He had That's his right. red yeah, tape he had like on a and the mask. mask or something. And the kids, an electrician in the basement that he's going to scare. Yeah, the kids enamored with scaring people and monsters. So this is your old school house, and honestly, this is your old school in the eighties. They they tape a sign to the front door saying "Electrician, cellar door is open," and that's where the electrician is supposed to go and work on the electricity in this house. And he goes down, and Charlie decides, I'm going to go scare the shit out of this guy. And I'm like, that's not a good idea, because I'll throw a <laughs> hammer at you. I don't care. I've had a kid sneak up behind I'll me throw before you someone's into an house. Box. And it was everything I could not to slug that kid in the face. And, you know, you're like, <laughs> what the? Like, okay, you need to go back upstairs. Where's your mom and dad? Uh, but Charlie goes down into the basement, and the electrician is, like, half-eaten. He's like a stub, a torso up, and there's a bunch of the baby ones like gnawing at him. Oh yeah, and, like his guts, and then his head freaking like rolls off, <laughs> and like it rolls off, and the way it rolls is then the eyes are staring directly into Charlie, yeah. thus giving him the worst PTSD that this kid is ever going to have, and to make it even worse these tiny little slugs then come up and start <laughs> flesh ripping from the bone, which is another death metal band of mine, but yes. we'll keep getting into this. <laughs> and then he sees his mother 
her his yeah. mother's body parts down there and he realizes so charlie talks in this movie up until he runs into the monster and charlie doesn't talk for a very very long time yeah because he's processing the horrific ordeal that he has to deal with and he does stay in the basement for literally like half the movie i was like why the hell aren't you leaving yet (laughs) he is like and he's staring at the mother monster so you're like being so quiet that the they're not even paying attention to him which comes in later it comes in later but it's also now we realize they're blind we didn't know this so a lot tremors they need sound so this was (laughs) pre-tremors yeah this this movie (laughs) predates a lot of cool tropes and sci-fi you posers but um (laughs) no and charlie has to figure out that it's only sound that they're drawn to which okay now you're like oh that's why he's been quiet too bad he's been down there for like 15 minutes already and you're like i don't know why the kid's not dead like everyone else that went down there died but charlie and br- i guess everyone else went down tape. there with pots and pans essentially and just chanting <laughs> and singing songs about how great it is to be in the basement on a saturday morning oh and that's the why they wet, all got killed damn moist basement Ugh. that <laughs> basement was so wet uh, it's so much water on that floor and everywhere in that basement. And then he kept, so I'm going to give the kid credit. This is the only movie Char- the, the Charlie ever did. This is probably his first movie, his last movie. Cause he was probably like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. He's actually but, now a uh, lawyer for actors or something like that. So bravo, got man, him in the bravo. right direction. But all you get as Charlie in the basement, looking at things. And turning his head and looking at things. With his, like, fist clenched. Like, all right, he's going to throw hands, I guess, if something gets near him. I was waiting. But it was like he would look up, and he would see that the critters are running through the walls. And there would be, like, dust falling. And trust me, I've been in houses that are built like that. There's all kinds of crap that falls out of the walls. And there's a thing called balloon framing, which means those little critters could have started in the basement and ended up in the attic without any trouble whatsoever. Yeah. Because the walls are continuous all the way up. So, again, they, these guys thought through, but it explains how all of a sudden these things are under floors, behind picture frames. They eat the uncle as he's taking a nap, which is another great, gruesome kill. Yeah, that shot, like, really shocked me, too, because, like, it's kind of out of nowhere. It's like, oh, homeboy's missing his eyeballs. Like, his, Yeah, it's uh, like they're inside of him. are kind of hanging out. Yeah, no, it that that shot alone, I was like, oh, it, it just it's like they were like, okay, we did this. Now what can we do? Like, yeah. okay, that and trust me, it keeps getting more and more gruesome as the kills happen. And there's not a huge kill count. Spoiler alert, you know, you'll you'll get it in our because uh, there's not our, a huge uh, cast. Raining blood. There's not, um, not a huge budget either for all these no. kills. <laughs> But this satisfied me gore wise. I was like, this is a this is like a great amount of gore for this movie. And, and, and just because someone didn't die, don't mean they didn't get messed up. Yeah, definitely. Because, because we haven't gotten to the the uh luncheon party. Which yes, is I was gonna say, you know what? We should go to commercial break and come back yeah. to uh the Golden Girls dinner party. Yes, let's we'll come back to the Golden Girls dinner party right after these messages from our network. 
Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute, dude. They tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Kilmoy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. And we're back. Woo! Now we get to the scene in the movie I didn't know I wanted so, so badly. And it is the... scene that honestly made me feel bad. I didn't because if you listen, they're making vegan dishes. They actually say it. And then vegetarian. Once again, everything. I had a hard time listening to anything that was not monster related. <laughs> I, was, I, I listened to the dialogue. I was, I, I, again, I never picked up my phone once. I had, I, I mean, I, I could feel the smile on my face as I was watching this movie. Cause I'm just like, I'm taking it all in and I'm, I am loving every Every ramp up this thing gave me, every little soft moment. So they, the aunt has to leave the house. She's one of the few that leaves the house in the rainstorm because she has to go to her mom's because she's having a vegetarian uh, luncheon with uh, the other girls. And it's like a one-upmanship type thing. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's and- definitely very uh, preppy. So, well, it's, very, it's pre- mm, it, We are going to be eating tonight. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're having eggplants and uh, Excuse and, me, Charlie. Yes. Do you have any gray poupon? No. I have some brown mustard, but it's not gray. <laughs> I, I have spicy. Yeah, I have a little spice. Yeah. So, why is it spicy? But, um, <laughs> so we get this, like, little 
separation from everything that's going on in the house because everything's going crazy in the house. And we get to this little house party with the Golden Girls because three other women show up. So there's a total of five of them. And I looked at my wife because as soon as all the women come in, I went, I just had flashbacks because my mom did quilt guild meetings with other little old ladies and they would bring food and stuff and how they came in the room. That's exactly what they sound like. Sounds so adorable. Oh my God, man. (laughs) I was just sitting there like twitching and I went, that's a hundred percent accurate how they filmed that. (laughs) And then they're all like showing off each other's dishes and they're like, Oh, you didn't. (laughs) Ah, and I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't go back and relive all that. I was traumatized as a child and charlie had ptsd from a guild of quilts (laughs) but there's two charlies that suffered in this movie and it was charlie in the movie and charlie watching the movie (laughs) it was just because of that scene i I love the movie otherwise um i love the build-up we get around this scene though i have to very uh dark humor super dark humor and i love how they foreshadowed without shoving it in your face because they're prepping up the the sauce that she's going to make, the green sauce, she calls it. And they don't do this like super zoom in on the food processor. It's just there in the shot almost every time they move the camera. So it's not like this, oh, I know what's going to happen that's thrown in your face. Although I went, oh, there's a creature going to end up in that food processor. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, like as soon as I said food processor, I was like, Oh, I know where this is going. Because <laughs> Jackie's like, look, that's an old food processor. I said, yep, and there's going to be a spawn in it. Oh, yeah. She, she's like, really? I was I was expecting like, when they turned it on, though, that you were going to have the goo go all over the place. And again, I, I thought maybe we would get blood or some type of black. They yeah. keep it where these things are clear on the inside because... If it didn't look like the green sauce, we wouldn't get the part that happens after. As they start eating their luncheon and they all are excited to taste the sauce. And you're like, I know what's in it. There's an alien (laughs) in it. And I'm just like, how are they going to play? And they're all like taking bites and they're like. They all have this look on their face of like, like, there's something wrong. That's not Italian dressing. And they don't say anything till the, the, the mom that made it, she takes a bite and then she's like, what is this? And then all hell breaks loose. And that's what's impressive about this because it isn't, like I said, one or two baby monsters. They're everywhere. <laughs> no, the, the daughter goes into the kitchen and we're following her for like, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. Yeah, it's just enough for her to go in and grab a plate, basically. And she yeah, comes and, back out. And you don't hear anything until that she walks in that room and those women are losing their minds and they're all attacked by the creatures. Yeah, you got some that are like on the couch and you think like, oh, maybe it's like as if the stereotypical, oh, I saw a mouse, let me a jump mouse. on the couch Eat. and I'm get gonna away jump from up it. Here. No, it's like I jumped on the couch, but this one's biting my damn ankle. And then you have there's, like there's the one little on the old angle. woman on the ground <laughs> who's like... The mom had one through her face yeah it wasn't like just attached face it was in her cheek because they well, had also, only the butt of it hanging out biting like 
her ankle. These little yeah. ankle biters are worse than a chihuahua. And then it bit her toes because she's wearing open toe shoes. And I'm just like, oh god, this has to this has to suck worse than dying from them. And then they like <laughs> knock over pictures and all these like and it just decorator stuff. More. There's like thirty of these things inside the <laughs> it's house. So gross. And like the one woman who went to get the plate, she takes a uh, fireplace poker and just starts stabbing them. And oh, I love them, it. We get like a little. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so look, we didn't grab drops because like I said, the audio was not great in here. But literally when the spawn are on the screen or we know they're coming, it's which is literally that. Someone in the microphone going that's all it is. <laughs> to where Jackie even pointed it out. She goes, Somebody's making that noise with their mouth in a microphone. I'm like, well, obviously. Look at the budget, but bravo where they're spending the budget because yeah. I am loving every second of this. They were smart with what they were doing and like And none me, of the old ladies die. No, they all escape. I would have burned the house down instantly. Like that Dude. house is never good. No, I was like, we're done. We're done. Yeah. It's it's finished. <laughs> so so we get the 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 critter slash invasion of the slugs in the luncheon party, which again the scene I didn't know I wanted so badly. And I can't imagine this movie without it now. It's probably my favorite scene, but my kills in the other stuff are my favorite, like kills, but I love the lunch party so much in this movie. <laughs> it's just so good. It's and like, just, that's what leads us to our, our climax. I guess, I guess, you could say. I guess the our third act. Up our ramp up to the climax. Yeah, so, like this leads to our third act then, where we go back to the normal house. Yeah. The teenagers realize that there's a giant monster. <laughs> well, first they realize there's little critters because they find the uncle eaten from the inside yeah. out. His eyeless corpse. And then the big monster is the most silent killer until someone sees it. And then it's the loudest thing on the planet yeah because it's like basically. <laughs> but until you see it it doesn't make noise it, it's it's because it keeps sneaking up on people and this thing is not small no <laughs> it takes up an entire door well doorway yep. and it's the it's taller than the door and it's trying yeah, to it's navigate like through a house down. Yeah, yeah it's hunched down it slithers everywhere it has goat hooves deer hoof looking arms tentacle arms tentacle arms and other faces it's not just one face there's like three or four faces yeah. attached to the one face and we're talking rows and rows of teeth which makes me wonder does it have a dental plan i think as a tooth falls, it's like a shark as a tooth falls out there's another one to there's take another its place. one that's gonna, okay that that makes sense then i was I, probably my ahead. favorite kill in the movie during this whole sequence. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We get decapitated girlfriend thrown oh, from a second story God. window. Now I know what you're thinking, Charlie. This is another band name for Nate. No, no, this is actually a song title. Oh, now we're getting into the songs. We have yeah, enough band the song names. titles. Yeah. <laughs> um decapitated girlfriend chucked out of a second story window. That rolls right off the tongue, man. I want to hear It really does. And when we say decapitated we're talking the main head, like, launches at her, 
grabs her and like yanks her and right in front of her friends. You, and you see, see it all. The tearing. You see the head in its mouth. And then you see the headless torso get chucked out the window. Thrown out. And when it lands, you get a great shot of like. Just the, the neck, neck area. Yeah. And... All bloody. <laughs> and this is the girl that did the autopsy. So you're thinking she's going to be the final girl. Yeah. So you would think this is the main girl. That she's lives. the smart one. She's going to be the one that kind of finishes it off. Because Charlie's still dicking around in the basement. Yeah. No one knows where Charlie is. Well, he made it up to the kitchen, but they don't know that. Yeah. Because he's trying to distract it with sound because we figured out they know sound now. And his contraption <laughs> to to distract this thing was hilarious with the radio through the paper towel holder so he could pull the radio to lure <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and then it bit the radio and caught itself on fire. I was just like, <laughs> what? This is so insane, but I love it. Though. Because it doesn't finish its meals ever. So it's like as if you're no. to take a kid out to eat. It wants to order three different things on the menu. It has two McNuggets and then it's full. Yeah, but this thing's just like, okay, now I want something else. Yeah. You know, so it's like, no, <laughs> I had electrician. Now I want psychiatrist uncle. You know, now I want to eat some of these kids. But uh, did you did you see why the girlfriend died? Um. I saw that she got hired on another project. So she ha- she was not going to be able to come back and finish filming her scenes that were written for the rest of the movie. So they had to figure out how to kill her off and still use all the footage they had of her. So they actually kill off the one that was supposed to survive and the rando girl that shows up three quarters of the way through the movie ends up being the girl that survives at the end and gets yeah, away. Yeah, it's real strange to introduce a final character so like quickly towards the end, and she's the one that makes it. Because by she, all means, she should have been the one to die. Dude, she rings the doorbell, which distracts the creature from Charlie's trap, and she makes it all the way upstairs and doesn't see anything. She's like knocking on the bedroom door where everyone has barricaded the door and she's like, what's going on? Hi, hi. She's saying hi to everyone. And again, the stealthiest monster on the planet until the camera's on it, it's behind her trying to eat her all of a sudden and yeah. only catches her coat. And I'm like, Which, I'm also a very oblivious person that doesn't pay attention to his surroundings <laughs> at all. So I could totally see like walking into a house full of corpses and being like, where's everyone at? It's like, this is totally normal. I don't yeah, see this is anything perfectly wrong fine. here. You should see my house. You know, I have yeah. horses everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, it's it catches you so off guard. They go Scooby Gang and try to run out of the room altogether. Then they all get separated. And I love this part. So they all, before the girl gets her head ripped off, it was probably one of the most funny things I'd ever seen. They all try to run out of the room. And the one guy makes it to his bedroom. The other two get cut off and end up having to go up to the attic. Well, before they get cut off, she goes, look out. And then slams the bedroom door in their face. Yeah. <laughs> as they have to find another way out. The most and I'm realistic, like, like every man for himself moment. I looked at Jackie and I said, that's you. She goes, Oh, a hundred percent. That's me. <laughs> look out. Shut the door. 
<laughs> you're on your no, own, Charlie. This is my hiding hole. You can't fit in here. You get your own hiding spot, damn it. <laughs> like, literally, we were all just in there, Jackie. Uh-uh, mine now. And you know what? That's why you get your head bit off. Because you yep, were selfish. Yep. This is why you die, Jackie. I hope you're happy with your actions. So, the, the two, like, secondary characters we have, his friend and the new girl, run up to the attic. And apparently, there's none of these little critters up in the attic at all. And I'm like, they're in the walls. Why are they not in the attic? Contractor yet? Charlie knows better. Yeah, I was like, they're they're up there. And then our what we were what you expect to be the hero, which is the older brother, you know, the the smart one, you're like, okay, he's gonna figure something out. No, he jumps out of the wind. Did you see him accidentally hit his head on the screen? Oh yeah, because like he was not a stunt double. They didn't have a permit for any of that. And no. that guy's not a professional actor. So they literally just said, like, you jump onto a roof. Also, the roof's going to be super wet because we're going to be having it rain on it. And you're yeah, going to climb and move quickly. So he opens that the window. That guy could have died. <laughs> he could have. He opens the window, and there's those old aluminum screen frames. And he slides that up, and he has to take, like, three steps back so he can jump head first through the opening. Well, when he jumps the screen falls ever so slightly and you watch it dent. He's stormtroopers. He stormtroopers out of it. And he's still, he's like, God bless him. He was like, I'm still trying to act this and we don't have a lot of money and I got to do this in one take. Yeah. That camera doesn't cut. He jumps no, out, at all. lands on the roof and then runs around the roof and climbs like it. It's nothing. That parkour part he does. I'm sitting there going, I'm impressed. He oh, jumps. yeah, definitely. He like goes from window to window to corner to the to the other roof that is above him and then runs across it and looks around the front of the house where the attic window is. And you're just like, that's a dude running on a wet ass yeah. roof. I'm no safe by getting on my own roof of just cleaning out the gutters. So <laughs> I can't imagine running around while it's super wet. I was impressed as hell. And they also have to show the fact that he sees his dead girlfriend laying in the yard without her head. Yeah. You know, so he has to react to that. The other friends in the attic look out the window. They see the dead body. And then all of a sudden, the boyfriend comes running around and jumps in through that window. And I'm like, <laughs> how did he do? Now, that one wasn't shown from the outside. So obviously they had a ladder and he went yeah. in that the safe way. Because there's no roof in front of the window. But after you break one window, you end up having a lot of fun and want to break another window. That's just human nature. Uh, how many? They broke a lot of windows on this. They threw the I'm body out. Man, that was a broken window. window. It's then fun. he jumps out the window. I. It, this is so wild. And then now, the boyfriend has lost his damn mind. He is in shock. He's like, nope, none of this is real. This can't exist. Sci-fi is bullshit. And... I don't believe it. Sci-fi I'm going proposers. Down. Yeah. I'm going to go downstairs because there's no monster. And the other two are like, what is wrong with you? You're insane. And he tries to open the door where the monster's still sitting at. Waiting. Yeah. <laughs> it just goes peekaboo. Boo. And his buddy has to like wrestling move, flip him across the attic to get him to knock off trying to run out the door. <laughs> I was like, this is great. And then the monster comes busting into the attic and we get our hero, Charlie, 
who has devised a bomb with flash powder. Oh my God, the flash powder. I didn't, we should talk a little bit about this. Yeah. How Charlie it ignites the flash powder was terrifying and brilliant all at the same time. Because yeah, there's what, like magnesium? In there's, that, it's, right? it's like low grade gunpowder. Yeah, it's that's kind of what I was gathering from it. It was like, this is gunpowder that a flash. child can get a hold of. Yeah, it's more flash than bang. Um, but he ignites it with a lamp cord stripped off at the end that he plugs into an outlet. And he did it earlier in the movie when he made the little one when he tried to scare his aunt. And so he makes the big one inside the head of a a of a mask. Mannequin head. Mannequin and head. And puts a mask over the mannequin head and puts it on a stick. And puts it on a, a ski pole stick. Yeah, that's Again. right. A ski pole stick. That's very Bravo. important, actually. And so the cape, the the wire is coming out of it, and he's using the stick like someone's head, and he's trying to to uh, goat the monster to eat him, and the monster's just like, "What's up, bro?" Literally <laughs> just sits there, like, "What's up?" And I'm you sitting want there some? going, "You want to go, bro?" <laughs> and I'm like, "The monster's blind, right? Does he remember they're blind?" Because I'm talking to Jackie, I was like, she, "He knows it's blind." And then the camera does a shot from the creature's mouth looking Which is at great. the head. I love seeing the like first-person mode because the way the camera is, you have teeth at the bottom and teeth at the top on and they, the screen. They did it just for that shot because, spoiler alert, the monster's blind, so there would be no eyeball first-person view. Yeah, there from, would be nothing. It would be darkness. But <laughs> anyway... And so Charlie has been almost 100% silent since he saw his mom's head down in the basement. And then he gets the idea that I have to scream the loudest, most insane close-up shot of his mouth scream I've ever seen on film. And the monster grabs the head. He shoves it as far as he can in there, grabs the cord, runs to the outlet, and it's too short. It's too short, and he has to, like, dive onto the ground and he starts tapping on the ground to get this creature to kind of wiggle at him. You're missing my favorite part though. So he first time he realizes it's too short. Aha. I thought this through and he had an extension cord in his back. Oh yeah, that is true. (laughs) So while the monster's shaking the stick, he's trying to plug in the little lamp extension cord with another cord. And then it's two inches too short. Yeah. And he has to make the monster because now he's like, oh, yeah, this dumb thing's blind. So I have to make a ton of noise. And then he plugs it in, and this thing blows up in fire and goo. And I'm like, Charlie's dead. That was a big explosion. Oh, well, he <laughs> tries to psych you out because one of the three heads falls onto Charlie's like shoulder and starts to bite him yes first before the explosion yeah so then like he's getting bit and the head the big head like the main head that comes down to uh kind of finish him off and that's when he gets it plugged in yeah Um, but so that thing was like a foot from him yeah and it explodes like and you get time blood you get slime you get chunks all over the place and Look, okay, this movie may have been made at the same time The Thing was, but that leftover creature, when they pan the camera over to it and it's on fire, 
almost looked exactly like the burnt creature on the operating table in the thing because it had that spindly dog arm that looked like the deer arms that are attached to this one. Yeah, because like you have like a tiny little fire, um, kind of like those tentacle arms that you're talking about. Yeah. Just off to the side of it, and what's clear is like the remainings of the inside, I guess you could say. Kind yeah, of so it's like hollowed out there. because it, yeah. it exploded. But it looks so much like the part where they flamethrower the creature when the head falls off of it and makes its yeah. getaway. That creature that's left over and this one, I'm like, holy crap. That thing looks almost like the thing in that part. And I was like, because I was like you, I was like, how close were these movies? They had to be like really close on release time that they wasn't like, oh, we watched this movie and let's copy no, it's it. So much of it just feels like it's pure coincidence. Well, and I was also watching this going, it has a very evil dead, not so much feel, but just kind of the same. Ah, I'm, I don't know what the right word is, but I got these little glimpses of oh independent movie this it's is just what that they low do. budget charm I, I guess that, yeah the charm and then to find out that they came out the same time they did the directors didn't know each other till the movies came out i was like that's kind of wild that there's yeah, just it just two. happens to be the way our funny universe will uh work sometimes and operate and i want ash versus the deadly spawn now i think that would be <laughs> awesome I, I think I think we need to start a resurgence for this movie. I'm sorry. I, I fell in love with this movie. This it is, is something that deserves a remake fully. It It's so independent and so low budget, but so well done. You know, normally there's this, this thought with, oh, it's low budget. It's going to be terrible. Oh, it's this. I, I can't watch that. And I'm watching this going. This this is such a wonderfully done project and the people cared and they were creative and they didn't where they spent the money was brilliant. So you know what? They didn't have actors. They had friends. So yep. guess what? I can ignore the crappy dialogue or how someone delivered their lines. Guess what? They're not actors. And it's not so I'm that not expecting bothered that. me at all. Um What's upsetting is the fact that Douglas McCallum never made anything else. Because was, what you see in this movie is potential of a man that could have made some great practical effects horror movies that would have been 80s classics and 90s classics, but I just do not know why he never went on. I don't know if he could never get the financing. Well, I'm the same as you. I mean, how did this guy not get tied in with, you know, some of the others we've even talked about? You know, the Kauf, you know, Lloyd Kaufman with trauma yeah how did he not get tied up with no one uh, reach out to him like hey i saw this i really dug it like are you curious are you wanting to do something else do you want to do deadly spawn too and like i tried looking him up online i was like this dude's done nothing i bet i could find him on instagram and shoot him a message and just ask him a couple questions real quick couldn't find anything i was like damn like i probably have to do a little bit more digging and find email or something but I, you know, I, I, you know me, I support you on doing all that stuff because I, w I would love to talk to him, but I think the one thing I didn't know till you told me was that where this never got a VHS release, 
my guess is it's running the theaters aside from maybe some hole in the wall 25 cent theaters that maybe had a copy about. it literally got forgot it like, got put on a shelf and forgotten lost in time um which is why it, not everyone knows there's a sequel so yes. let's talk about the sequel for a second and the sequel is all producer Ted Bohos, the one that seems to be yeah. clashing with all the other creators. Um, he, what would you say, like, he got to make it for, what, a couple million? Yeah, I think it was only a couple million, and he started it in the late 80s, like 87 or 88, something like that. And it and then, didn't get released till, like, 91. And the other studios just, like, well, because we're throwing some millions towards this, we don't want it associated at all with the original, which is so right. weird. Well, it's because no one knew about it. I mean, now it actually clicks and makes sense. Why would you want a sequel to a movie no one saw? You know, it, yeah. it's like it's kind of like how we got um, the Road Warrior. I was going to say, it's Spark exactly Boo. like Road Warrior because no one had seen Mad Max yet. It hadn't came to the States yet. Yeah, so we we didn't know what Mad Max was, but you give us a movie called Road Warrior, now it's like, oh, there was a movie before this? I want to watch it. Yeah, So if you would call the, it Mad Max 2, we're like, where was one? You're right, and that's that's kind of what I think they did. So the other one was called Metamorphosis. Um, I want to say like the Alien Factor or something like that on some releases. It probably had 19 different names just like this movie did. Overseas, there were a couple of countries that ended up with Metamorphosis the deadly spawn too. So it did, it was kind of this unofficial official sequel to this movie. And it, they still tried to do the whole stop motion mixed in with some of the very early cheap CGI. Um, I'm on a mission to get this movie. I want to watch it now. Um, just to say I have seen it because this movie surprised the hell out of me. Why not well, give that one a chance? This movie's on YouTube, so maybe that movie is on YouTube as well. So we'll start looking. So yeah, I'll have yeah. to remember to put that out there in the group that if you guys want to watch the Deadly Spawn, there's actually a HD, almost Blu-ray quality rip oh, on yeah. YouTube. We'll put um, up the trailer. We'll put up the damn movie in the group. Yeah, screw it. We'll do a watch party with this thing. Yeah. I, I, I again... I, I know I've said it and I've said it and I've said it, but I literally fell in love with this movie. I smiled the entire time I watched it. I loved everything they did. Tom Hiddlebrandt ends up in the movie. He's one of the doctors, or Tim Hiddlebrandt, the, the artist. He ends up in the movie. He's one of the doctors at the end that's checking everyone. Yeah. Which I, like... I loved how they rushed the dead body out of the house as if there was a chance to save him. Because they take the uncle's body out, and they're like, oh, yeah, hurry up. And they're strapping him down, and they throw him in the ambulance, and that ambulance takes off like a shot. And I'm like, that one's dead. Yeah, he's <laughs> he is uh, very dead. You, you might as well, like, find the headless woman and try to decide that you can bring her back, too. Yeah, or half of the electrician. <laughs> uh, well, before we get too far, though, I think we need to explain to everyone how they stopped the spawn, which I found... So simple and so satisfying is we can burn them and electrocute them, and the entire town comes together and With goes on <laughs> a slug hunt. And I'm talking everyone. There's just 
randos everywhere walk kicking grass clumps and shoving a cattle prod in there and then a, a spawn would jump up out and so everyone's there they have this big bonfire and they're burning all of the dead bodies and you know the spawn they have the big ones already dead they're finding like oh i found a three footer that's nothing i found an eight footer all this yeah like they're the bragging about are... how big of one they found <laughs> and the, it gets dark like they're on the last like walk through trying to make sure they got everything and these two cops are on the walkie talkies and i have to talk about this because i started at the beginning with this part and the cop stops and the ground starts shaking and he's trying to radio back to the guy he was just talking to and he, you hear screams you hear all this chaos and the camera kind of shakes a little bit and then we get the shot again of the model house from the beginning of the movie yes. and it's straight model built in a studio and the mountain behind the house starts moving and it is a giant spawn which is so 60s monster movie of there was still one big baddie left i adored i went that's why that shot was there and thank you for that because you think this entire like hilltop is just scenery it's like nope that's actually a spawn it's a spawn spawn that came out of there and had been growing the whole time from the meteor and i i if i could if i would have clapped and jackie wouldn't have laughed at me i would have clapped because i was like that is what i wanted the ending to be not the i didn't want a little spawn sneaking away which is what you expected one little one got away yeah like a little slug got away nope this thing's bigger than a house it's the mountain size spawn and it just raises up and the dirt and the way they did it. Someone's if this was also in the uh, behind the scenes, no audio was there's three guys on the backside of the mountain and they have buckets of dirt that they're throwing up in the air as its head raises up. Oh, that's so, it so looks awesome. Like it's bursting through. <laughs> and when the shot's done, the three guys stand up. So you get this scale of the the set and I'm like I I want that I'm gonna get it as a screenshot after we release this I want to put that screenshot oh that's sweet because I again I I just picture myself like if I had taken the time to make a movie at this time and I had just enough information to be dangerous you know I read some articles maybe I worked on a another set for a weekend or something and I went oh that's how they do that. Oh, I can do. I can do that. I can make that happen. And, and that's what's funny. Just did like, it. That's what these guys did. And then, as learning their story, it reminded me of Bobby and James on the Witch House. Like those guys took three years to make the Witch House. That was exactly those guys what shot I was doing. on the weekend. Um, those guys worked with what they had, and it's like all this is showing to me that indie filmmaking is still very uh guerrilla warfare almost when it comes to making it like you just gotta well, go in and do it and if you don't see have a what studio, happens if you don't have a studio throwing millions of dollars at you but you want to make a movie you work with what you got i mean it's like you said i mean and i gotta say 25 to thirty-two thousand dollars in 1980 that's yeah. what my parents paid for their house it's insane. <laughs> Put that in perspective, man. That's probably $200,000 now, which when you're talking a movie, that's nothing money. 
So it's still almost considered independent level. Oh yeah, that's still you know. absolutely nothing. Even if you got a million bucks, it's absolutely nothing. I even I like, could uh, only hope I could have done what they did for twenty five thousand. Now, using actual props and yeah. things like that. And even Douglas McCown had said, like, like you said, he he knew just enough to be dangerous, just enough to yeah. kind of like put this together. And I and I agree with you. I was watching this movie and I'm picturing Bobby and James. And I'm picturing Bobby going, let's do that. Yeah, we can do it. And James being the one like, I don't think that's going to work. And you see yeah. that in this movie. And th- there's there's scenes where, okay, we can't film the creature doing this, so they did it in shadow. Or let's just spray blood on the wall and make this dramatic shot. It's all, and all perspective. It is, yeah, and all it is is a guy shining a light on the wall and another guy with a bucket, yeah. splash, water, or, you know, blood. And then in the movie, you're just like, yep, that lady got her throat ripped out. Look, that's jugular spray. <laughs> it worked. I think this movie was probably a little bit ahead of its time for what the audience was ready to consume, even in 50, what'd you say, 50 theaters? Yeah, only 50 theaters, and it was just the uh, tri-state area. That's super local. It's no wonder yeah. no one picked up on this, man. No. This this had to be like if anyone had a copy, it was like this guy has a bootleg camcorder recording from a weird theater. Honestly, that probably it someone that like brought in the old big ass uh real real tape is in the camcorder and just oh those kind the, the giant ones yeah yeah. But I I feel. I feel like this movie really would be a cult classic if more people would find out about it. I, this is still super unknown as far as I'm concerned in the movie. Like, we'll get a really good gauge once we release this on who and how many people go, oh, I know that one. Or they'll be like, what is that? What if the plot twist is, Charlie, we were the sci-fi posers and everyone knew about this Stop movie it. but us. We're not sci-fi posers. Stop. We're not sci-fi There's posers no, at all. Just shut up. No way, man. I got I got sci-fi stuff in my room, man. I'm not going to eat the narc puck. Nope. Nope, nope. No. No, we're not posers. We're poser podcasters, but we're not posers yeah, in sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. Get it right, man. That's not how we roll here. <laughs> this is just like Aliens and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah, if you don't watch this, screw you. Yeah, <laughs> go watch Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, go watch E.T. Yeah, posers. Men in Black Three. There's some good parts in Men in Black Three. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, I like the Men in Black. I, actually I didn't watch it. International though. Yeah, I hear did I. All right, I don't feel so bad. See, we're not posers. Yeah, if neither one of us watched it, we're like, no, we're not falling for you, corporate <laughs> media. We don't go for your trends. Trying to cram another Hemsworth down my throat. No, thank you, corporate media. Not happening, corpos. <laughs> You're welcome, Mark and Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Little inside joke for everyone. Uh, all right, man. Let's let's do our things. I think we've talked about this movie. I I've think we've gotten everything out that we can. Everyone, go watch it. I love it. I love it. I fell in love with this movie. I'm so happy I bought it. 
I don't care. It's free on YouTube. I still probably would have bought the DVD. Um, this is actually going to end up in my rotation of, I can't wait for me to sit down and watch it with Anthony. And, oh, there you go. Uh, and honestly, other than the gore, there's only like boobs at the very beginning of the movie. With yeah, they're the covered. Mom. That barely counts. They're covered with see-through. <laughs> so <laughs> they're there. Um, but other than that, there's like one F-bomb, which you heard in the trailer, and they did the weirdest beep over top. That was not me. No, I didn't they... edit that. That was in the trailer. Uh, so, yeah, they, there's not a ton of language in this. It is just gory, gory goodness. But um, speaking of gory, gory goodness, I think it's time for our rating blood. So I think if you don't have a giant budget that can afford like hundreds of gallons of blood, you use the blood smartly. And this movie does. It's very well-placed gore. You know, they use, they use their budget wisely in this. And because of that, we only have a body count of six. Six people die in this movie. Now I did a little tally with each death uh-huh. and i got seven what's your seventh one the spawn see there therein lies what could possibly be an asterisk because you know what if we count the spawn we have to count all the little spawns oh no 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 not doing that <laughs> which is why i usually don't count especially in creature movies you know like, do we count Jason if we ever did a Jason movie to die at the end because he technically didn't die? He's kind I mean, of in our I think dead dead. Him, but then you start out the next movie at negative one. I guess. No, and, and then everyone will have heard that Dan and I have a conversation about uh, we have our very first re-alive. So we have a new category. We have huh. dead. We have dead dead. And we have re-alive. Oh, I know exactly what the real life is now, and I haven't even heard the episode yet. <laughs> yeah, because you know the movie we did. Well, everyone's already heard it, so we did Die Hard, and Carl at the end dies, supposedly, but comes back again at the end to exact yes. vengeance on John McClane, and Al <laughs> has to shoot him with a revolver like three or four times. Then he's dead. So Carl got realived, realived. before he was dead. But... Um, no, there's six kills, not counting Mother Spawn. Like I said, you have to count. Okay. I think all of the spawns had the potential to be a Mother Spawn, if you really think about it. Like, oh, they yeah. kept getting bigger. So, Mother Spawn just grew a lot faster than the other little buggers did. Yeah, so that was, that was kind of impressive. But, nope, six. We'll give Nate the asterisk this week for the Mother Spawn. And does that mean the one in the mountain is the Papa Spawn? Yeah, that's definitely uh, Papa Spawn. And reckoning. we're not talking McFarlane here. We're talking Alien Spawns, not Al Simmons. So, you know, again, we're not posers. Oh, yeah. yeah would a poser posers. know about Al Simmons Spawn? Maybe. Because huh? maybe they. Come at us. But, 
Yeah. Sup. Sup, bro. Don't do it. Don't do it. Knock you out. <laughs> I don't know. We're rambling now. You want some of uh, this? You want to go, bro? Let's go, bro. We'll dance, you corpos. Be dancing so, all night. That's right. Let's rate this bad boy. Guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. Nate, I want you to go first. All right. I'm ready to upset you with this one. Go ahead and upset me. I know. I'm giving in this one a five machetes out of ten. That doesn't upset me. Okay. That doesn't upset me. I, after this movie was over and talking to Hannah about it, I was just like, man, there's, it's not a cult movie because it's just missing that final, like, oomph. Like, Dead Alive being a cult movie, Evil Dead 2, um, these movies all have a certain charm to them throughout the whole thing. They also this one got a didn't. release. This one didn't have characters that stick out to you whatsoever. Like I said, the main heroes like just left in the basement for half the time. And then finding out that the movie didn't really have a script and they were kind of working on it on the fly, I can forgive it. I, I definitely can. Um, we've already gushed enough about the kills that they're all wonderful. It's just one of those, like, for this being a starter film for a filmmaker, I wish I could have seen more from him. And yeah. this was a good stepping stone for what could have been. And it's kind of sad that we'll never get that. And even the fact that no, none of the actors were inspired to the, you know what? Hey, I like doing that. Like, maybe I want to learn the tools of the trade and make my splatter film. Because this has a lot of fun splatter to it. Um, it's just, I feel like there is part of a reason why we don't have it in the same vein with all these other classics. And it's, it's not its full fault. It's just one of those, like, I left it enjoying it, not enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. Hmm. Okay. No, I'm, I'm not disappointed completely with that argument. Um, explanation more than argument, but so in, in what you, what I've learned from you of the release, I get why this movie's forgotten about, but had it got the same release as those movies, like the evil dead movies, dead alive, all this stuff, I feel like this one could have gotten the legs to become a cult classic because believe me there are movies that are considered cult classics that we watch now going why does anyone like this movie you know it's there is literally a cult classic of what's considered probably the worst movie ever made and that's troll 2 you know but it's popular to hate the movie which makes it a cult classic i i i feel just because of what I felt watching this movie, I'm sitting there going, why is there not a following? Why is there not a fan club? Why is this so obscure? I didn't know about it. I never saw a VHS cover. Now we know why. I would have rented that movie. Why did it not get on VHS? Why did someone not pick that? You're telling me 
Kaufman could not have picked this up for $10,000. Yeah, $10,000 for distribution rights on this. And they would have jumped all over it and because they probably would have too, broke them even. This, obviously, it's free on YouTube. Yeah, it's free. That means you have YouTube. to seek it out. That's not something that's popping up in your recommended on YouTube or because nope. you watch so-and-so. Nope. Unlike Hulu, unlike Netflix, Amazon Prime, where when one of those like uh, 80s movies gets to the streaming part, the way the algorithms work to kind of bring this to your attention. This isn't streaming on anything because you watch this. You may also like this. So, it, yeah. And, so I, I found this movie because I was looking for images f- of from beyond. I was looking at the movie posters because I knew there was the crappy one that I, we all passed over when it was sitting in the VHS store. And I wanted a little bit better one for our, uh, distribution when we talk about the the movie and this picture of an alien that kind of reminded it was very reminiscent to me of like attack of the killer tomatoes where you yes, had it definitely the, is yeah so i'm looking at that going what is this and i click on it and it tells me it's this movie and then i find the synopsis did it and it's i can buy it on amazon for dirt cheap and I bought it and the blob. I bought the Scream Factory blob at the same time. I was in an ooey gooey mood because I was watching from what better beyond. way to have ooey gooey. Yeah. <laughs> we love the ooey gooey here. It's probably our favorite genre. So I found it, and I, I, I we had literally been sitting on the how long? We probably two be- months. We've been sitting on this. From Beyond was our second episode. That was back in October. Yeah. So we bought this after that episode, and we've both been sitting on it. Just kind of being like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, do you want to do it now? No, we got all this stuff coming up for Christmas or Thanksgiving. And then we had the interview. And so finally I was like, we need something for the end of the year. Let's cap Let, off the year with this. Let's, you know, cause we've done uh werewolf vampire alternate dimension, you know, witches, all these other things. I was like, let's do alien. Let's do an alien movie. And we own it already. Let's do it. You know, we don't have to search it. Um, and I know I got to be rating this movie, but I, I really, really, really want people to watch this movie, especially if you're a fan of the old school monster movies, the old King Kongs, the old It Came From Beyond, the old thing, not the John Carpenter. Re- John Carpenter's is a remake. There's an older movie called The Thing, you know, Tarantula, The Spider, all these old school 50s movies. Watch this one. You will love what they worked with. Um, and because of that, I'm rating this a 6.5. And that's mostly for the effects. I am forgiving the acting because these are not actors. These are friends that they knew that just saw it through to the end. Even so much that the girl that was supposed to survive was like, I can't stay. Kill me off. And she was all for that. You know, Bravo to the, everyone that pushed and persevered for three, four years to get this thing out. Um, but the effects, the guys that figured out how to make this work on camera and literally made me go, wow, I love how they did that. That is so cool and so simple, but effective. I'm giving it a 6.5. That's, and that's high for this movie. This is an independent movie at 6.5. Yeah, it really is. So, I mean, 
That's a you made a sound logical argument. And that's fine. And you know, again, art is in the eye of the beholder. There's going to be a lot of people that watch this movie going, this this was dog shit. Why did you tell me to watch this movie? This is horrible. And for that, I'm sorry you're like that sci-fi poser. Um, <laughs> yeah, you dork. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really think, you're though, real that if you can if you can look aside from the million-dollar budgets, and look, let's, let's be honest here. A lot of our favorite horror movies and even their, you know, franchises didn't really work with a lot of money when they would do them. You, you know, maybe five million, ten million. I say, when yeah, they most first, of them, especially back then, when they started, it, there was and even not now. Huge it's budgets. still keep the budget low. That way, you can make a ton. That's Blumhouse's whole thing. Is yeah, how can you make a movie for under five million? And they're cranking out hundred million dollar profits. So, right, you know, they, Blumhouse is uh, a genius on they're not markets. They're not trying to do the Disney route where we throw seven hundred million dollars so we can make a billion. They're going, let's throw a couple million at this and come out with, you know, sixty seventy million. Because even if it just makes ten million over opening weekend, it's still a hit. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the things in the last episode I was talking to Dan was we always get the numbers of when what the budget was and what the uh, block you know the 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 take in during its run in the theaters. I would love for somehow to find out what some of these more popular movies have actually made to date with like, their video sales and stuff. Video sales, streaming, syndication. Um, yeah, I was gonna say know, syndication. There's HBO s- deals. Uh, all the ways that they find a different audience on top of overseas yeah. as well. Licensing the property, you know, for other things that aren't movies. There's so much more money that could be made on. And honestly, I think maybe they they kind of just got down on themselves, everyone that made the Deadly Spawn, and because it didn't wow the right people because i would hope in 50 theaters you called a few people to say hey come watch this movie oh yeah definitely in hopes of doing it and it fell on deaf ears and again it was stretched out it looked like shit probably and until i mean look synops did it so that means they saw some glimmer of hope to take it from film to dvd so Everyone needs to watch it. Everybody, everybody should watch it. Write a review, something. I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna sleep on this movie anymore. I think I'm gonna, I may spearhead this whole the Spawn fandom here and try to get people to remember it. You're gonna I make a movement happen. I'm making a movement. You know, small, but it's my movement. Damn it, I love this movie. I. I, that's all I can say about it. It's a, I rate it six five. I would love to give it ten. In my heart, it's a ten. In reality, <laughs> it's a six five. Um, yeah, I'll I'll quit yammering about it. I I loved it. No, nah, I think you're right. I, I think you made some good Nate, points. Nate's in there like what he I feel, said. He, he, <laughs> he's standing by it, but he's like, "Damn it, Charlie! I feel bad now." I feel like <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, Nate probably feels like he blindsided. Now I feel me like I bullied it a little bit. I I watched this and I go. I I looked at Jackie and I said, "Oh, I can't wait to hear what Nate has to say." Nate had to have loved this movie. It had everything we love. And then Nate gets on here and he's like, "Eh, 
I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't too Tonka it. No, we didn't get it. I give this movie a two. No, the, uh, we're not getting any of that on this one. No. Uh, and if everyone heard our uh, Christmas Eve uh, Christmas special, everyone should be in on that joke by now. Yes. So, uh, and if you haven't checked it out, go back. It came out on Christmas Eve. You should, if you're subscribed, it should have auto downloaded. So you should have it. So little plug there. Let's do some housekeeping, Nate. Yep. I want to thank everybody for sitting through us yammering about a movie no one has probably ever heard of. Half of you probably won't go watch, and they'll be like, nope, we feel like we've seen it because we heard you fall in love with it. And Charlie's in the back somewhere with a replica spawn just petting it and saying, it's okay, I still love you, and (laughs) that's okay. I take care of you. I keep you warm. I put you in my pocket. That's right. You're my friend, and I will name you George. Um, so thank you, everyone, for that. Uh, don't forget, we are on Facebook with Give Me Back My Horror Movies, Give Me Back My Action Movies. We are on Instagram under the same Give Me Back. Uh, we have the Give Me Back My Podcast Network, which is comprised of myself and Nate for the horror show, myself and Dan on the action. We have Monster Movie Stomp Down with Sludgecast. We have Good Beer, Bad Movie Night. Uh, we have uh, live and in color with Wolfie D. And we have the new show starting at the beginning of the year. Give me back my pro wrestling. So all you wrestling fans out there, we know you're there. If you love these type of movies, you usually like wrestling too. So we had some fans in the network and we decided to make a show about it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that and check it out soon. Um, Special thanks to Poster Smash and Bobby and James again that did the Witch House interview. Uh, go check them out on Instagram under Poster Smash. Uh, They're always concocting new things, and I do believe I saw some new ones trickling in here over the past few days, so check them out. Uh, if you want to email us, reach out to us. Uh, it is gmbmam at uh, pod at gmail.com. Uh, special thanks to Mountain Empire Comics in Bristol, Tennessee, and Johnson City, Tennessee. Diana and Rob run those stores. Uh, any? Am I forgetting anybody? I I'm still learning how to do these this house cleaning part. Do you have I anyone? Think you we got say? it all. Uh, okay. Who's on your list today? I wanted to say thank you to Far Out Designs. Uh, they are located up in Cleveland, I believe. I met them at the Krampus Market which if you listen to our Krampus episode, I mentioned about it. Um, I picked up some stickers from them, and I want to give a shout-out to Killer Culture Shop. I had bought a John Wayne Gacy replica of his Pogo the Clown portrait that now sits on my desk. So their uh, slogan is Evil, Awful, Offensive, which is very much what they gathered. I'll make sure to post stuff on them on my Instagram, at Dr. Decky, with... uh, the stickers and stuff that I've bought from them. And I, I don't think know that's how all to I've got. feel about you having artwork from a serial killer. I hate serial killers too, but I am just in awe over Pogo the Clown. There's and something it's about a clown. so terrifying. Yeah, that's the other thing for you though. You hate clowns. <laughs> so it's like you, you're, none, nothing of what you just said makes me excited. Yeah, everything is just <laughs> doom and gloom. <laughs> I don't like I don't like any of that right there. Not to disparage the company, because you know what? Make your buck. That's fine. But uh serial killer art and it's a clown. I am out. 
no? Deuces. Yeah. Deuces. I'm out. <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, I think we're good to go for this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be starting up a brand new year after this. Yes. Happy and, New uh, Year. Happy New Year. Everybody be safe. Drink responsibly. Don't Use drive. Uber. Call Uber. Drink at home. It's cheaper. Lyft. It's so <laughs> much cheaper. Less people. Yeah. Um, but we want you to stick around because we'll have a lot more episodes coming next next year. Uh, hopefully some cool things coming down the pipe uh, yeah, for I'm the really shows. I'm really freaking excited for the next episode. Yes, we are going to have some fun. So, Nate, why don't you give us the good word? Groovy. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs>